vesta Kummalalla kummalalla kummala sa vesta Kummalalla kummalalla kummala sa vesta Oh no 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 sa vesta Oh no 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 sa vesta What's going on guys? Welcome to today's podcast. Today I am here with Reese. Reese has actually been on uh, a podcast I've done previously, years ago now to be honest, um, but we actually done it in person, my, my old gym, uh, and I thought I'd get him on again um, for a couple of reasons. We've been kind of speaking back and forth uh, for a few different reasons, um, and actually uh, his mum's just jumped on the programme as well, and I thought that's an opportunity to actually get um, him back on and speak about Similar stuff, but in a, maybe a different context. And there's a lot of Reese's process, even though he's a MMA fighter, he's someone that is maybe to some people an athlete and that might not be relatable. I thought I would bring him on because the process in terms of what he goes through every single day is much like anyone's process when it comes to managing their life, trying to get leaner, trying to be fitter. Um, because the same protocols um, still need to actually be uh, managed in terms of mentally, physically, etc. So thanks so much for coming on, Rhys. Thanks for having me. Um, I guess for those that maybe don't know who you are, do you want to give us a little bit of a background um, to yourself and um, just kind of let us know who you are, what you're about? That would be, that'd be great. Uh, my name is Rhys McEwen. I'm a professional MMA fighter. Uh, I've also got a business uh, business with human resource management degree. I, I graduated in 2016 from uh, Glasgow Caledonian University. And um, yeah, MMA fighting is like my full-time job. Uh, I compete and I coach on the side. I coach adults, teenagers, kids, and I work at the gym doing some caretaking duties after training's finished, clean up the mats. And yeah, that's me. Yeah, I actually remember. Um, I remember I was sparring with Guy, uh, and I was like, oh, "Who's the kind of next, um, the next kind of up and coming?" Guy? And this was a few years ago. And I was sparring with Guy, and I was just getting back in. Uh, I was just getting into Thai boxing. Uh, obviously, I'd done boxing for a while. I was getting into Thai. I was like, "Who's the next guy?" Um, and you were hoovering up, and he was like, "Him." <laughs> and then I was like, oh, "The guy hoovering." He's like, "I him him." And it's like something you see in a film. Um, but I guess you want to go in a wee bit, Reese, to if you don't mind, uh, to what why you started? Uh, a, cu- a couple of reasons why I started. So the first thing is I seen it on TV. I used to when I was younger, when I was a teenager. I used to stay up late all night, um, just be up, like just nocturnal. And um, uh, yeah, I would stay up all night. And the only thing that was on at that time, um, at like three, four in the morning, was like MMA. Uh, it wasn't that popular back back then. Um, it was just on the middle of the night and I started watching it. But it was a reality TV show called Ultimate Fire that I was watching. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest, I was actually just watching it for the reality TV side of things. Um, fighters were stuck in a house and they fought each other and the winner got like a contract to the UFC. So I was watching this and I thought, I'm actually really enjoying this. I want to be on that TV show. Like not realising like what's going on. But then I started to watch the fights and I thought, hold on a minute. This looks quite good. I could be good at this. And uh, I realised that the sport wasn't that big, so none of my friends knew what it was. I was kind of asking them, like, do you know what the UFC is and stuff? And nobody nobody knew what it was, and nobody else done it from Greenock that I knew. So mm-hmm. I thought, I'm going to be good at this. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be the first person from Greenock. 
do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just try to be different from other people. So I thought, right, I can't do it now. I'm a bit embarrassed. My mom's never going to take me to like a boxing club or an MMA club. Um, so I'll leave that in the back of my head and I'll go back to it in a couple of years. Um, and about a year and a half, two years later, I was caught in like a confrontation. Um, me and my friends are all camping uh, at the end of the school year. And basically these two boys came up to me and offered to pick a fight with me. Um, they were asking me how I was staying that and stuff. And I was so terrified. I couldn't even, not even defend myself, but I couldn't even speak to be like, mate, like I wasn't staring at you or anything. I was so scared. I couldn't even shout out. I, I seen my pals to my right. And I was so scared that I couldn't even speak or shout. So I was walking back and I was walking back and my friends eventually caught what was going on and jumped in. And uh, I said after that day, I said, that's it. I'm going to join this. This wee imaginary like moment of I'm going to be good at that on the TV. I'm actually going to join it because I will never go through that in my life again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of years later, when I thought, right, I, if I do this, I need to be... I want to be the best at it. I don't want to just be someone that's casually doing it. I want to be great at that. So I Googled the best MMA gym in Scotland and the Grip House came up. And uh, I went and joined the Grip House and then I started training there. And I found, um, I got told of someone called Inga Martin who trains in Greenock, where I'm from, who was from the Grip House. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started training at the Grip House and I started training at a gym in Greenock called Amberclyde Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I never looked back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mad because I always uh, I always ask people whether it's people like yourself or other coaches or whatever how they started everyone's always got a reason and it's always very different and it's to be honest it's it's usually from I don't know if this was it sounds as if it might be like some form of like it doesn't necessarily need to be trauma but something that's happened an event that's happened in your life where maybe you felt out of control you felt as if it didn't go the way that you wanted whether it was because of your weight or because of um you were out of control with with, with where your your thing is at uh, and it's something that this is where anyone that's listening that f- has ever felt as if like they're either feeling out of control or they're feeling as if they want to make a change sometimes you need to break down to break through and then like when whenever you actually realize sometimes the worst things happen and it's actually the best things that happen and i actually had a very similar circumstance i didn't become a professional mma fighter as much as i can throw the odd punch but uh, i actually remember uh, i played golf and uh, i got threatened off of these boys at the golf club from our day and uh, they basically, long story short, they were threatening me and like phoning, phoning my phoning my house, showing up to my house and stuff because I played played golf um, at pretty kind of decent level, at the junior level, a wee bit older than me. Um, so they knew where I lived because I was playing uh, for the team, and they they basically that I felt so out of control. Um, and then long story short, that's how I decided to join the boxing club. That's how I get any fitness. And that's why I'm doing the job and the role that I'm doing today. So it's everyone's got a, a different kind of catalyst to, to what they decide to do. And I think the beautiful thing about, because um, even like, so what you're doing in terms of your, you, you are working towards yourself and what you want, but at the same time, you're also helping the younger generation. You're doing a lot of stuff um, from, from what you're saying as well. But I think at the end of the day, everyone has this catalyst to, to what actually makes them give them a purpose and I think this is what I want to go into today like it's not just about like the the surface level thing there's always a kind of deeper level to it um, and it's definitely um something that I think 
I wanted to kind of uncover, but I wanted to kind of go through the, the bit by bit of it. So the first one that I wanted to go into was getting comfortable with your starting point. So it's all well and good having that initial thing in your head of like, okay, well, actually, I want to do this, whether it's become an MMA fighter or whether it's lose weight or whatever. You need to get comfortable with the fact that you are at a certain level, regardless of what that level is. So, for instance, I know for a fact the first couple of times I went in a boxing class, um, I remember the first class I went to was actually a grip house. I was sick, um, literally about 20 minutes in, because um, I was like, guy, I'm going to be sick, I'm going to be sick. Was it guy? I think it was guy. I'm going to be sick. And he was like, oh, it's, it's fine, the toilet's in there. I, there was no, he didn't bat an eyelid. I thought he was going to stop the class or something. He's <laughs> just like, no, the toilet's in there. Um, and I was like, right, okay, I don't know if this is for me, but the fact that you keep coming back is understanding that that is quite humbling, but at the same time is exactly where you're at. And that's where you need to be in order to actually start a journey and not think that the, the bar is up here when actually you're down here and get comfortable with where you're at and enjoy the kind of learning process. Is that something you found at the start or did you quite enjoy just being basic? No, no, definitely. At the start, I found it really hard to get consistent. Um, when I first started, I worked part-time in Sainsbury's four nights a week, and I had uni five days a week. So the only times I could really go to the gym was at the weekend. And then there were times where I would sleep in. There was times I would miss my train or I missed the bus it was to get to the train. And it took me about four months to actually maybe train more than once a week. Mm-hmm. But then it took like summer holidays when I stopped, stopped at uni to actually get some consistency. So now when people say to me, like, Sorry, I've been busy with work. Sorry, I've been busy with you. And I'm like, don't worry, I've been through it. I know exactly what you're going through. It can take, it is hard to get consistency at first, especially when it's not part of your routine. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can relate back to the starting point. And, and, but again, like you said, you just keep coming back and um, find a way about it. Yeah. I think everything's, everything's like a, a lesson as well. Like whatever you go through in terms of, um, if you if you feel as if you're really struggling to gain momentum, a lot I know a lot of clients with that. There's some clients that I try not to give them too much at the start as well in terms of workouts and stuff because um, they just that's just too much. It's too much kind of overwhelm with all the stuff they've got kind of mentally going on or physically going on or whatever or both. Um, it's just kind of understanding that if if you're at least starting, then that's more than you done yesterday, and that's literally all all that you can do. So understand that there is going to be times where you need to be like look at yourself in the mirror and be like, nah, I'm taking the piss a wee bit here. I need to actually fill my socks up. But then at the same time, there is going to be times where you're actually, you're really not in control of certain aspects, whether it's your job or whatever you're, you've got going on. And you can, you actually need to just understand that you can't operate hundred percent. I actually got a message, a great message today from my client who's just switched job. She's got a lot of stuff going on, a lot, a lot more kind of stress within it. Um, but she's still been taking the boxes, she's still got the standards for herself, which is actually going to be the next kind of um, thing um, in terms of like ticking boxes because it's something that people don't think or think that they have to go zero to 100 all the time rather than thinking actually operating at 60% odd time is better than operating at zero. Um, and oh. that's what a client messaged me and she's just literally said that she's got like these results from operating at 60%. So imagine when the stars start to align and she can operate at 100, then it's going to become even better. So it's like you were operating at 60% when you were working in Sainsbury's, but at the same time, or if not even 60%, but you probably don't regret it because it's at least giving you that foundation, that platform to then build off of rather than like having to start when everything's perfect. 
I think that there, there, are, there never is a perfect time. That got put into perspective for me uh, earlier on this year. I was speaking to my strength and conditioning coach and I said, sorry, Cammy, I never had any time to do my weight sessions this week. I wasn't really feeling that strong for it. Uh, and my technical training took priority. And he was like, rather than just saying, okay, no worries, we'll get it done next week. He was like, well, see if you're feeling tired. Why don't you just drop the weights a wee bit rather than trying to like maximize everything you're doing. If you feel you don't have the weights in, you just drop the weights a little bit and you'll get that session done. You'll still get the benefits and you don't need to avoid it completely. And I was like, light bulb moment. I don't actually need to like go all out in a session when I don't feel good. I can actually still go there, get the same weights done, same reps, eh, same lifts done, same reps done. I just take a wee bit of weight off. I take the stress off myself and I've still got that session. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, and more often not, see when you do get started, you're like, I've actually got a wee bit more than I felt that I did prior to the session. Yeah, um, 100%. But at the end of the day, like previous me, I would have just said, no, I don't have time. I don't have the energy. Um, but then that wee bit of advice was amazing. Yeah. You, you can vent yourself for stories. Even like the other day, I got up in the morning and I'm like, I could probably not not go. And I went to the gym and I was like, I got the first couple of minutes. I was like, I can't do this. I started doing my warm-up sets. I was like, this bar feels so heavy. And then I hit a PR. So like, it's something that, that can surprise you. And you need to be very good at getting in control of your own head and listening to you get a couple of voices in your head. Um, and you need to get good at listening to the more quiet one. A big thing that I took away from one of the mental health courses that I was on was, Eighty uh, percent of our thoughts are negative, um, and getting getting good at listening to the twenty percent versus the eighty percent is it's almost against human nature. And understanding that that's a kind of thing that you need to tap into to realise that you're actually if you're doing something and you're not having to go hundred percent, you're actually doing more than majority of people because most people listen to that eighty percent voice, um, and it's something uh, definitely that needs to needs to get looked at for a lot of people. Um, in I terms of, sorry, there you go. I was going to say, like, see, as a fighter, or like, as, as people think that you're like meant to, like, you're unbro- unbro- unbreakable. Uh-huh. People always think, like, I say it out loud that my mind tells me to, to like, give in, give up, stop doing it, you know, don't go to the gym and stuff. But I feel that that's not the voice that, my, that voice is good. That's, I think it's getting comfortable with those voices in your head because that's all your brain, all your brain is doing is giving you pe- wee, wee bits of adversity, wee bits of self-doubt for you to get comfortable with and overcome that because if you look at things that you can control, you can control how you think and how you act to yourself. You can't control, and you could be waiting around all day for somebody to say well done or give you any bits of feedback, but you're sitting telling yourself like give up, give up and you don't do that. Yeah. You're proving to yourself how strong you are. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That, that's what um, I actually said that to clients that, like, in terms of a few weeks ago, it's like you can control your thoughts, your feel, like, even in prison, you can control your thoughts, your feelings, your behavior, behaviors, and your speech. No one can take those away from you. So no. that that's what you're in control of. And so learning that you are going to have these thoughts um, but you are still in control of the behaviours and what thought you actually listen to. Everyone still has these negative thoughts. You're just genuinely choosing to listen to them. Um, so definitely 100%. In terms of the initial progress that you see, because um, you can relate this to anything, MMA um, or kind of progress within the gym, fat loss, whatever, 
when you start to see initial progress, it's very easy to get excited about the progress that you're making um, and when things are going great and not be prepared for maybe what we'll speak about in a wee second, a bit of adversity. So how do you stay aligned to what you're doing and not get excited when you start getting pretty good? Um, I just refer back to my why. Like when I first started training, like um, I seen that thing on TV and I thought I really want to be good at that. But then you start looking a wee bit deeper and like defining what actually is good. Like what is me being great at that? Is that me being on TV, having a world title? Or is that just me fulfilling my potential? Yeah. And in order for me to fulfill my potential in anything really, it, it doesn't really matter if that's in, in sport or in a job or education. Um, it's about applying yourself. And mm-hmm. even if you are you have succeeded and you are being successful, there's always another level you can take yourself to in any any aspect of life. Um, so I think it's about re- referring back down to your why and and being proud of where you've came from, um, but not settling for where you are. Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of people settle um, for, even like so when I'm initially setting goals for people and I tell them what I think their goals should be, and they're like, nah, because they've never done it. And it's like, people sit in their comfort zone of like, I, I've done that before, so I'll be a bit happier then, because it's more than they, were, they are right now. When in actual yeah. fact, your goal should scare you if it doesn't. Um, then like it's not really a, a goal it's just you're just going back to what you've done previously so a goal is something you've not achieved and then I spoke about this um, I actually don't know if I released a video on it the other day um, it was like a recording from the live event that I've done it's like every time you say you're going to do something you don't it's like you're breaking trust for yourself so if you go and you um, say I'm going to get up in the morning I'm going to go out a run and you're like, and you don't do it. You break trust with yourself. You go to for one pint, and then you you have five, you have six, you have ten. You break trust with yourself. And if you consistently do that, it means that you end up um, just not trusting the one person you need to trust, and it's yourself. And it's like a it's a constant kind of battle in your head of like go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But in actual fact, if you do the opposite of that, and you kind of see then like the trust with yourself, it can actually build up the opposite way and the confidence goes up. So you probably find that as you, like the, the kind of consistency with regards to kind of your progress, your why, that sort of thing, every day that you show up, that probably builds a, an element of trust within yourself and you trust that you're actually going to do it. I think you can, you, you can also refer back to like, for instance, if you go to the gym to do one session, like you've got to think how hard that is to get there. You've had to drive or travel to the gym. You've had to open the gym door. You've had to go and sign up. You've had to go into the weight. Like there's so many small steps before you get to that point. There's so many points where you could just turn back, go and sit on your couch, get a takeaway and have <laughs> a, a better option. So like uh, when you go to the gym for the first time or the second time, the third time, the fourth, the more that you go, the more, like if you compare it to an essay, you've got reference points that you can go, right, I've actually... No, not got a bit about me, but I, I, I've, I've faced so much adversity just to get to this wee small step. So I should reflect. I should be proud. Um, a couple, a couple of weeks ago, I was like driving to the grip house, and I live in Greece, so it was like fifty minute drive. Mm-hmm. And when I was driving, I was like, can't be bothered today. And you know what? There was a part of my brain that went. There was a day in your life where you wanted to train there. 
you didn't think about the goal about fighting and stuff. All you wanted to do is, I want to train at the best gym in Scottish gym, at Scottish MMA gym. I googled that and the great house came up. For the day of my life where I want to be there, now that I'm there, I work there, and I'm welcome there. I need to. I can't take that position for granted in my life. Yeah. So I have to go and I have to keep driving and I have to take positive energy into that gym because there'll be somebody coming through that day that will have that same goal and this will be their first day and I can welcome them and I can't have a negative energy on them, etc., etc. So reflect back to where you were and how much, how far you've come. Came. Yeah. And I think what people need to realise is that it's like comparing, it's that comparison syndrome. Like I, I, had, a, I had a client literally, I'm just off the live and she uh, spoke to me there and I've had this a few times before um, a couple of months ago I had it with another client um, the thought of like doing work, well, actually believe it or not a big thing when clients sign up um, is not wanting to do the workouts and because of this zero to 100 mentality and said right yeah. well if we lay the foundations I promise you you'll probably be asking me for a workout and she said she basically, she went into a garage, she got a couple of bits of equipment and she just started doing stuff herself. And I was like, okay, it's now time to start adding some workouts. And that's really what you want rather than thinking, I need to I need to do this. It's more, I get to do this because I actually, I like the way that it makes me feel. Of course. I, I remember saying to, it's quite deep here, but I, I remember saying to someone I was training and I said to them after, they were a casual trainer, don't compete, just love, they love jiu-jitsu and they were training and I said to them, thanks for the training today and we're chatting away. And they said to me about, he said, I go on an hour before every training session. That That's quite a long time, obviously, but he said, I go on an hour before and I try and train as much as possible. I'm like, why is that? See me as the competitive mindset. I'm like, why, but like, why don't you compete? And he says, because there's people in the world who don't have the opportunity that I have right now. I can get on these mats. I can exercise and I'm grateful for that. And I thought, you don't realise how important that piece of advice is that you've just said to me. Because anytime you have self-doubts, put yourself in other people's shoes who would love to, love to, even if it's something as small as training at six in the morning, there's someone in a shift, working a shift that they can't train at that time. So being grateful at that point. Yeah. I even just understand, like, if it's, this is one thing, like, when you live in Scotland, like, the outside weather, this guy that told me this actually, it's mental, it's like outside weather, uh, the only place that outside weather affects indoor activities, like going to the gym or doing yeah. something like when it's when it's tired, or when you're when you're tired and when the when it's cold and wet outside, I don't want to go to the gym because it's wet outside. It's like the gym's inside. <laughs> like, like, so it's it's definitely something that you need to. It's perspective. It's all just about taking a step back and stop believing the the voices in your head. I guess isn't it? Um. So yeah. I'll, I'll come back to that one. Um. So can kind of expand on that kind of adversity so in terms of facing adversity what would be your kind of biggest thing in terms of um just in recent times of facing a bit of adversity and, and self-doubt other than the kind of daily uh, the biggest thing that springs to mind is probably period of covid and um, going into the lockdown initially to be honest uh, the gyms were closed i didn't know what to do myself um like again, I always thought that the gym was always going to be there. It was a it's a massive part of my life where all my friends are. It's my release from the outside world. Um, but again, when any time see adversity, adversity, adversity is good and ne- negativity is good because it it lets you appreciate and know what positive what what positive moments are. Um, so for instance, when the first lockdown hit and I couldn't go to the gym, 
I was like, right, what can I control? I, I can't control when the gym's going to be back. I can't control when my next fight's going to be. I can control looking after my like my mental health. I can control looking after my family. I can control going out runs or like stuff like that. And um, I think any time adversity hits, it's about focusing the controllables and trying to eliminate any energy, any any non-controllable energy that you can because um, there's only so much energy that your mind that your mind has. So that's the biggest piece of advice that, I, that I'll, I'll ever pass across, focusing the controllables. Yeah, and I think when you face, and I actually spoke about this in the live, just there, so when your back's against the wall or when you face some form of adversity, that's really what grows you as a person because that's where the challenges are there. And like a big thing when the client is doing, this is why that whenever I say to a client, like when they want to sign up, even if they could get their physical result within 90 days, whatever they, way you want to look at it, like that's when they're most vulnerable, when things are going really well and they do face some adversity because then, or like, they end up gaining a bit of weight back or whatever it may be. I've rebounded so many times in my life. And I think sometimes when you have this thing that's all amazing and you're so motivated, you cannot imagine a time where you're not motivated until something comes along and slaps you in the face and you realize, oh shit, like I actually need some form of guidance here. And I need that, I need to plan out the other end of it. I need to be able to pull back a little bit and um, without throwing in the towel, that sort of thing. So that's why. I say to people, even if we can get you physically where you want to be, your men mental state hasn't caught up to it yet. And we need to continue to press on with things and be able to just kind of level off a little bit because you can't do that. Um, you can't always operate 100%, like you were saying there with the, even like the weight session. Of course, I, any, anytime you feel like an, an adversity nerves, anytime you're feeling like you're faced with a negative situation or an anxious situation, I always feel that it's like better just to grab that situation, control the situation. If it's your feelings, like in terms of an emotional point of view, you've got to understand why you're feeling like that. Like a lot of people feel nervous about going to the gym or um, nervous about sitting a test, nervous about fighting. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about you, you face, face the situation, understand that what you're feeling is most likely your body telling you that this is a, a good thing. And then... Um, like just yeah, understand understanding the emotions and um, finding ways to deal with it. Yeah, hundred percent. And what what that's done by is just through like taking a step back from almost like being inside your own head all the time. Um, I don't know if you ever do like it's something I actually haven't asked you. Do you ever like journal or do anything like write down stuff of like what your plans are or like anything like that? Yeah, I've got this, like, uh, I've got a note, I've got about 5,000 notes on my phone, and it's mixed with training notes, but I've also got, like, um, this sounds a bit silly, but I've got, like, key moments in my life that has happened, and I've noted it, because I'm like, I'm going to write a book one day, <laughs> and uh, it's, like, wee small things that, that just, I actually was reading through it the other night there, and it kind of made me, like, appreciate the wee small positive moments in my life that I've forgotten about. Um, maybe somebody said a comment to me and I've noted it down mm -hmm. and I forgot that they've said it or I, I, I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe but yeah, I, I do keep a, I don't keep a track of everything but I try to keep a track of a lot of things Yeah, I, I think that's it because a, a moment is just gone in an instant and like that's like it's so important like I, 
that's why I I probably need to get back to doing it a bit more, especially now that this baby's going to arrive, like doing like more vlogs and, and stuff like that, because it's memories. And I think it's, it's just gone so quickly. And I think um, you you forget about like the stuff that you've actually, as, as we're talking about there, being grateful for stuff until it's at, and then once it's gone, it's gone. So if, I guess if you're taking anything away from this, it's more just about like realizing that like there is probably stuff in your life that you should be pretty grateful for. And if you're not, then like you need to maybe take a, a wee bit of a step back and, and start looking inwards a wee bit. Um, Definitely. So I guess going off a wee bit into kind of more kind of goals and stuff, importance of having something close, i.e. within kind of touching distance and also something that's maybe ages are pretty far away in the distance. So a big thing like we yourself, obviously with regards to kind of fighting would be like a fight versus obviously getting on to like the UFC or something like a big stage like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like having goals close and far away, it's definitely giving you purpose. I think it's important to have like a, a goal that's far away and then loads of maybe small goals and objectives that are going to potentially make up to that far away goal. Like, uh, obviously, for like for me, it would be maybe fighting, fighting in the UFC. But it's going to take multiple steps to get there. But goals give you purpose, and f- it goes back down to like, why am I doing this? It's an opportunity to focus, have a vision, um, and then for, for instance, like goals along the way, it lets you objectively look at things. And I always think as well, like, see when you've got a goal or, or anything in your life. That's experience, and it tells a story, whether that be in the pub, that be uh, to your kids, your grandkids, or a family day or whatever. Everything that you do in your life, you're going to tell a story about, and you're going to reflect with it, be laughing at yourself or or laughing at someone else. Like That's what life is for. Life is about reflecting, and it doesn't really matter what your goal is. Everybody's goals have purpose, has a purpose. Um I've got an an interjection on that one, right? So all goals are meant to have purpose, right? So (laughs) I'll I'll tell you a funny goal of mine that had zero purpose to it, right? I just wanted, I wanted something to work on um, that was out with work. uh, And I I said, I said to you, I said to you um, about wanting to maybe get a fight or something. Uh, and then I, I'm just, I just wanted purpose back into my training, right? Until I actually uh-huh. found it. Um, but I think for a while there, I was looking and I put something out on social media to be like, that's me, I've done two Monroe's. There's like, I can't remember how many. Uh, I, I, so I went actually, I bought a bunch of stuff that you would go hiking in because all I had was trainers, right? And I spent a few hundred quid and I got all, this, all the gear and no idea. And... I didn't really have a reason for doing it. I just like I, I don't mind doing them knows, but I think I, I think in my head I was like, I'm gonna do this. But in actual fact, I had no real purpose to it. And guess how many I've done since then? None. None. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't mean to say I'll never do it, but right now is it a priority in my life? No, but I think sometimes this is where people you need to fail forward a little bit. Like a lot of the time clients will set goals, they'll not achieve them. One, because maybe the purpose wasn't right or it wasn't it wasn't right for them. Um, and then you need to then set another set another one. So what's been really beneficial for me is understanding my purpose, why I'm doing what I'm doing. I show up for myself. I show up for my, my clients so they get the best version of me. I know that in a few, a few days' time, potentially, um, this little baby is going to come into my life and I'm going to, and not be responsible just for myself, but for them, and they'll learn off of me and everything that I do. So I need to have my actions right. 
and everything in my life kind of as on top of it as I can. I need to have standards for myself, not just for myself, but for the people around me. All that sort of stuff, that's purpose, not going in rows for no reason. So I think it's easy to start like do like looking at that and understand there's a difference between purpose and kind of kind of shorter term goals. So understanding like where are you at with that? And sometimes you will set stuff and it'll not it'll not work. Like you'll fail at something, but it's it's really not it's really not a bad thing. At the end of the day, any, any, any failure is going to be experienced bank for the next time that you tackle something. Yeah, and you learn more from it anyway. Um, of course. So this is kind of the title of the podcast anyway. So process focus versus outcome driven, similar to what we're kind of talking about there in terms of like whenever you're process focused, your, pro- your process is the day-to-day, the, the, the showing up when you don't want to, all that sort of stuff. Outcome driven is something obviously the kind of longer term thing. So process is the kind of boring, monotonous day to day stuff, and you should maybe still quite quite enjoy it. But when kind of emotions are in play, you can start to kind of take it for granted a wee bit, as we've said. And um, but just making sure you're not getting caught up, as we say, on kind of things that um, you can't change, like the time it's going to take you to get there. Don't look for shortcuts, whether that's fad diets or for you, whether that's like calling out celebrities so you can get your name out there and faster yeah. that sort of thing like don't get caught up in, in that kind of shiny object syndrome and start actually just looking at the reason why you're doing it and understand that you just trust that process you'll get there yep no definitely it's a uh, pa- patience is key i had a, a massive opportunity uh, presented to me about three four weeks ago and i was like almost like my mum actually said to me I was telling her about the opportunity and I was like I couldn't finish my sentence I was bubbling I was like crying my happiness I was like all my dreams are coming true at the moment and um, she was like I've never seen you like this and uh, I was like yeah 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 this is yeah it's just so happy and then about a week later it never came together and I, I was kind of down I was like right angry and I thought you know what I can't control that I can't control that opportunity. That opportunity is going to come to me eventually. I just need to keep focusing on being the best I can every single day and it will come. Now's not the right time. Yeah. And uh, I'm past it. Like, again, like I was up, I was high, cloud nine. Like, see if you ask me how I was, I'd be like, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> and then a week later, I was like, I don't want to speak to anyone. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I, I can't control that. Like, I was taking out my control. So I just got to focus on every day. And like you said, being patient and it will come and if it doesn't then I'll, I'll put my attention to somewhere else something else exactly and i think that's actually happened recently we see that guy paddy pimblett he yeah. turned he i don't know the exact story but he turned down the ufc a couple of times I don't know if it wasn't good timing or whatever he felt as if maybe he wasn't ready and now like he's just kind of went to like superstardom almost overnight because of that it is, it is right time and he has waited till he was maybe more mature and, and that sort of stuff. So I think just understanding that, like, if you try and rush something, you'll get rushed results. Totally. And if you let it cripple you because it is out with your control, you're letting it win versus you just kind of trusting within yourself and having that kind of trust there. Um, so I think we've pretty much kind of, Covered everything, even the, the slide. We've kind of we've kind of covered that. Was there anything uh, before I go into these two questions that you wanted to kind of finish on? No, I, no. As as long as you feel that, um, you know, I've I've had a really good chat. I just I think it's very important that like like recognizing that adversity and setbacks are part of the process. Um, it's not just straight up 
and and I don't think that's that's going to be enjoyable and fun. You've got to have adversity. You've got to have setbacks, and um, whether that be in your mind, your mind telling you that or actual setbacks. Um, but adversity is good. It's, it makes you appreciate the positive, the positive results. Yeah, I actually had a conversation with my client. Um, she and that an initial ninety days, she absolutely flew with it, and she had this real kind of purpose to what she was going to do. And, she got there. <laughs> she got there. She's she's definitely happy with where she's at. She's at, but like, she doesn't. She's not having this same like drive of what she's doing every day. And she's like, this is more difficult now. Not trying to achieve something like than it was trying to get there in the first place. So just sometimes learning to sit back and go, actually, I actually do enjoy kind of the the kind of trenches a wee bit and being in amongst it all. Like, um, even though sometimes it's not ideal and stuff because it's a bit more exciting than actually, even if you are at the top of the mountain, like it's, it's harder to stay there than it is to, to climb up. It. Um, the, the, come back to like the process thing, like the one thing that I'm trying to like get through to myself. And I was actually coaching a kids class when I said this, right? And I thought, you know what? That's actually pretty good advice. I should probably follow this. And uh, one of the kids was saying to me that they, they finished first. They went, I've got this, like first time. And I was like, that's great. But I want you, to, I want you to, to see you doing that 10 more times and seeing you do it the 10th time I want it to be as good as it was the first time and then you do it another 10 times every time you do that repetition on a technique I want you to be consistently good at it because then that means you're good at it yeah. and I thought actually I need to I need to follow that myself because <laughs> I, I get caught up in it I'm like guy teaches a technique or something or someone says something and I'm like that's in my brain right away is it in my brain 10, 10 days later is it in my brain 10 reps later and if it's not, then I need to keep working hard. And yeah. if it's the hundredth time or thousandth time or whatever that I've done that or I've thought that, there's another one that I can add on to it because there's no limit to numbers. Yeah. And I think a big thing is like that that kind of constant kind of reminder as well. Like sometimes it's not it's not it's not the uh, the way that you hear it. Sometimes you hear the exact same thing, but it's the timing of when you hear it and stuff that makes it really sink in. And then that's what makes you take action. And you need to. I probably, this whole podcast, I've probably said in a roundabout way in another podcast and something that I've said, but the reason why I do them is because one, obviously it helps me have conversations with different people and kind of offer new perspectives, but at the same time, sometimes it's just about hearing that over and over and over again that actually drives the the kind of simple stuff because a lot of what we are talking about in terms of like um, self-care and understanding that you're going to face adversity and all that sort of stuff. You see and hear in most movies and it's all in quotes and all that sort of stuff, but at the same time, just hearing it from like a, a perspective of like actual people, I think is quite good because people can relate to it and relatability then goes, okay, well, if they can do that, then that's, and it, and it drives action eventually. So, so yeah, yeah definitely. Human beings are not going off a script here and getting paid millions of pounds to do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That, that, that would be great. That would be great. Um, in, t- in, t- in terms of that, sponsorships. Um, so I was go- I was going to bring up. So Reese uh, got in contact with me um, a-, a wee while ago. To be honest, I've not really held up my end of the parking. I need to get. Um, I need to get. I need to get um, back to prioritising um, again, just because I've not. Uh, I've not actually kind of prioritised recipes that much over the last few while, just a, a few other things in my head. But um, Reese has um, 
are you are you joint company owner? Yeah, or? so um, kind of if you go back to like the face and adversity thing in uh, lockdown, uh, I make money through competing. I make money through training. Um, so when my sport essentially contact sport got put to a halt, I had no no income. Um, so one of my sponsors kindly like opened up a, a one-off kind of like coffee idea for me to essentially make a wee bit of money while the gym because I couldn't coach or anything like that and um, the support was incredible like loads of people jumped on it and the batch that Grant my business partner ordered sold out so I did another one that sold out and he thought right let's make a brand out of it so the brand was called Corner to him mm-hmm. um, and the reason behind the brand was again this isn't me like Grant was Grant Roxton, he um, he was like, I want to put your fighting principles, your values into a brand. So like constant improvement. Um, we'll have products such as coffee, pre-workout, get you through your day, and then food seasoning rubs so that you can eat healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's essentially what you believe in into a brand that's not punching and kicking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's like I'm like the corner of the brand, so it's, it's pretty cool. And that's a positive that's came out from a negative situation a perfect example of that actually to be honest yeah yeah 100 and like definitely the one 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 of the ones that i I did try was that uh that coffee steak right and i know some of you are probably thinking in your head that sounds weird as fuck but like it actually i was so surprised it tastes like i would have that every day like genuinely the the coffee steak unbelievable I, i'm pretty sure gordon ramsay does it like as well like the coffee steak thing um it's definitely something that um i would definitely try so any clients listeners anyone listening to this that feels as if they want to try either the rubs whether it's the coffee steak rub the chicken rub whatever and um, they've got a few a few different rubs there or uh, the kind of the main thing that they, they focus on is the the actual kind of coffee and um, with the, the cafeteria I've not been so so I, I've always been a, an instant coffee guy but it's definitely something that if you're a coffee connoisseur um, or a coffee lover um, I'm sure you'll you'll get the real benefit from it and I know my my mum's it my mum's an instant coffee person and I, I made her go and buy a cafeteria just to buy my coffee <laughs> and now she's literally got like a, I would say about a three kilogram Top, a top full of coffee because basically in one of the batches a couple of bags are like opened a wee bit I thought well I can't sell them so mum was like okay okay because <laughs> you've got a power of coffee so yeah yeah if you want any ground coffee coffee beans we've got um, food seasoning rubs like chicken barbecue steak and pastrami um, we can include my social medias on this or Conotomes social media or you can uh, we'll find a way to get it to you if you need it. Yeah, 100%. So uh, if people want to find you on social media, it's Reese McEwen underscore, is it? Underscore on Instagram or Reese McEwen on Facebook um, yeah. or Twitter. I don't know how you use Twitter, but if you use it and want to give me a follow, then it'd be greatly appreciated. Cool. Um, so I usually finish with these two questions. Um, <laughs> they're actually pretty tough, to be honest. Um, probably toughest two questions of the whole night. Um, but the, the two questions I finish on are three meals that you would have because I, I give these to every guest I get on three meals that you would have forever what would they be? Okay. Um, uh, that's the first one Okay. Go so let's go with a, a breakfast, a lunch and a dinner right? 
Oh no way! I can. Right, I've I've put it out there. I'm gonna. I put my opinion out there. I need you to see it. So for breakfast, I have this like six days a week, and I love it. It's it's the oat bowl that I have. I have oats with protein powder, peanut butter, honey, and a banana. I eat that every single day. I love it. Um, for lunch, um, probably quite boring, but I do love fajitas. Chicken fajitas, Ch- chicken fajita wraps with rice. It's a popular lunch that I have, and for dinner. This is kind of cheating, but I'm doing it. I'd have a Pisano pizza every night. For the <laughs> Shout out to Pisano. I think Kirsten would, uh, Kirsten would, would agree with you definitely with a Pisano pizza there. Um, Especially the salami pizza, which, I, um, which I'm a massive fan of. It's a special, but massive fan of it. That's what you should do. Your next sponsorship, try and get a uh, Pisano, uh, Pisano sponsorship that's the Reese McEwen. The, that's my girlfriend was like uh, when are we getting free pizza and I'm like I, I, so I know some of the boys that work there uh, Guy PTs them too uh, so sometimes you get to skip the queue and I'm like that's that's a win that's a victory <laughs> skipping the queue <laughs> it's, always, it's always absolutely chocolate to be fair um, okay last question if you could give yourself previous advice um, or if you could give your previous self advice um, from say two years ago just before Covid hit um, with the view that obviously you're going to come across the adversity and stuff that you did, what would it be? Um, working um, progress isn't defined by working hard; it's defined by working smart. So keep believing. Um, everything you're doing is going to come together one day. Yeah, and that's I guess because um, I remember um, I don't think we said this. I think I said it off camera. It's something that you had to completely adjust your training as soon as obviously and um, basically COVID made your, your sport illegal and um, you didn't kind of kind of moan and cry about it. It was more a case of like, it's, I don't know, maybe you did cry for a minute or two, but it's something that uh, you had to deal with and control the stuff that you could. Um, you, I remember you hitting kind of the bag. It was just doing shadow boxing for a while. Guy was doing classes, shadow boxing. I remember all that sort of stuff and it's something that and um, you definitely need to take some for, form of admiration for the people that did do that and focus on themselves and understand that this is actually a bit of an opportunity to, to face this rather than obviously you do get some people that just kind of go into themselves a wee bit, which is also, I guess, just the stage that they're at in life, but understand that that's not actually where the growth is and understanding that when you actually come across this level of adversity, it's like you do have it in you to actually just do what you almost don't want to do to an extent yeah well when you overcome that um adversity or self-doubt you become stronger than you were before um and again focusing on what you can control at the time i, I never had access to the gym but i had access to the roads i had access to i got given some weights and then before i know it, i was like mom can i get a scaffold outside the house uh, i'll buy a punch bag and and then before you know it, you've got a wee training room and for nothing really to be honest um so yeah make the most of what you've got always focus on what you can control that's the biggest piece of advice i'll ever give out my mom my mom and my family will be sick of me saying that i'm like you can't control this why are you talking about it and they're like shut up <laughs> yeah i also had just had a conversation with my client about that exact thing you can't control it um and we've had the same conversation for like two and a half three weeks and she's finally went and Kind of actually, because some people need to hear it, similar to what I was saying, hear it and hear it and hear it again. Um, and 
took action on it and she feels better for it because she realizes that she was giving energy to something that she cannot control. So you only get so much energy to give in a day. So what is the point in giving that that energy when it doesn't like you've got so many other things you give it to? Exactly. Life's too precious to be focusing on things like uh, things that you can't control. Hundred percent. So I think we'll we'll end the end the podcast there. Thank you so much for coming on, Reese, and. Thank you so much for listening and um, Thank you. be sure to get in contact with either, either of us to, to let us know what you felt from it and feel free to kind of share it um, wherever just to, to let us know that you've been listening. If you've been listening this long, to be fair, you obviously somewhat enjoyed it or else you're just a bit strange and you just listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, thank you for listening and we will see you in the next one. Cheers.